So today we are in Nehemiah chapter 1, verse 11, which is where we left last week, through 2.8. So we're going to read our passage today. I'd invite you to stand with me as we read God's good word. We're starting in Nehemiah chapter 1, verse 11. Hear the word of our Lord. O Lord, let your ear be attentive to the prayer of your servant and to the prayer of your servants who delight to fear your name and give success to your servant today and grant him mercy in the sight of this man. Now I was the cupbearer to the king. Chapter 2. In the month of Nisan, In the twelfth year of King Artaxerxes, when the wine was before him, I took the wine and gave it to the king. Now I had not been sad in his presence. And the king said to me, Why is your face sad, seeing you are not sick? This is nothing but sadness of heart. Then I was very much afraid. And I said to the king, let the king live forever. Why should should not my face be sad when the city, the place of my father's graves, lies in ruin and its gates have been destroyed by fire? Then the king said to me, what are you requesting? So I prayed to the God of heaven and I said to the king, if it pleases the king and if your servant has found favor in your sight that you send me to Judah, to the city of my father's graves, that I may rebuild it. And the king said to me, the queen was sitting beside him, how long will you be gone and when will you return? So please the king to send me when I'd given him a time. And I said to the king, If it pleases the king, let letters be given to the governors of the province beyond the river, that they may let me pass through until I come to Judah. And a letter to Asaph, the keeper of the king's forest, that he may give me timber to make beams for the gates and the fortress of the temple and for the wall of the city, for the house that I shall occupy. And the king granted me what I asked for, for the good hand of my God was upon me. This is the word of God. For the people of God, and all God's people said, praise be to God. You may be seated. God, your word does declare that all men are like grass. And all our glory is like the flowers of the field. The grass withers and the flowers fade. But it's your word, O Lord, that stands forever. We pray that this will be the word that's faithfully preached today. Unless you speak, God, nothing of any true significance will be spoken here today. So speak, Lord Jesus, we pray. Amen. Well, if you have your bulletin, I've got an outline for us. Today, we're going to see the good hand of God upon Nehemiah. Now, I've been talking about this the last few weeks. Nehemiah, we in this book, we're going to see him do something that many of us struggle with. He sees a need that the Lord lays heavily on his heart. And he is going to be moved to prayer But not only is he moved to prayer, he's moved to planning and action. Now most of us here, when the Lord lays a burden on our heart, when we we have a concern on our heart, many of us move one way or the other. 
There are those who say, well, I'm going to pray about it. And I'm going to pray, and I'm going to pray, and I'm going to pray. Amen. We need faithful prayer warriors that will lift things up in prayer. But sometimes, in the midst of praying and praying and praying, there will be a failure to take a step of faith and move out into planning and action. Saying, I'm going to step out in faith and trust the Lord. Others, we see a need, we see a problem, we rush to action. What can I do? How can I address it? And then we look up and go, well, maybe I should pray. Maybe I should call out to the Lord and ask what He wants. Nehemiah is going to do both. He's an amazing example of these. And today we're going to see God's good hand upon Nehemiah. And in this, I will even want to address our uh, downline class, address those seeking to make disciples, is we're going to learn some things from Nehemiah about disciple making. First thing we see, we got six P's. You can see them in your bulletin. God's good providence. What is providence? Providence is simply God working out His sovereign plan. God's plan is going is to happen. There's nothing we can do to mess it up. But yet God does choose to use us. In God's good providence, He places us, puts us the places. It's God's providence that you were born where you were born, to the parents you were born to, on the day you were born. That's God's providence. You didn't choose those things. God's over it. And what we see today in Nehemiah, the last words of chapter 1. I was a cupbearer to the king. I'm sure Nehemiah looked at this and thought, I'm not a priest. I don't have a, a spiritual position. I don't have a position of like delegated spiritual authority. I'm a cupbearer. A secular job. That's what he does. But God, in his providence, in his goodness, he put Nehemiah right where he wanted him. This is where God wanted Nehemiah. Nobody else had access to the king like Nehemiah does. He sees the king every day, and guess what he does daily? Every day, Nehemiah lays down his life for the king. King, I'm going to drink this cup. I may die for you today. And he drink the cup. Here you go, king. Didn't kill me. Day after day after day, this man lays down his life in his job. God's been preparing this man for exactly what he wants to use him for. So to our disciple makers, a little lesson for us. Often people look and go, you know, I'm not in a position of being a uh, pastor. I'm not a vocational pastor. I'm not, I'm not a, an elder in the church. I'm not even a, a Sunday school teacher in the church. God, how are you going to use me? Like, maybe if you move my job, give me a new job and you can use me. God, move me to a different neighborhood. Move me to, to a different city. And we fail to recognize God has you right where He wants you positioned. He may move you. You may want to be in a different position. There's nothing wrong with that. 
But know this, God has you right where he wants you for this time. And God is looking, saying, be faithful where I've got you. You see, sometimes we think, if God moves me, then I'll be faithful. If God puts me in a different place, a different season, then I'll really step out in faithfulness. But right now, I can't do that. No, Nehemiah could look at that and God goes, my providence has put you here. God's providence has put every single person in this room here today in Ethiopia. It's God's good hand that we're here. We can praise God for that. I don't know what God wants to do with each of us in that, but it's no accident. Look at the next thing, the next P, God's good plan. Look at this in verse 2. In the month of Nisan. Now, it mentions months. Back in chapter 1, it mentions we're in the month of Keslev. That's the Jewish month that corresponds to November. Nisan is March. Four months. Four months Nehemiah has prayed. Four months he's been crying out to God. God, I want you to do something. I want to go build the walls. For four months, I'm waiting. But God has a plan. God's timing is perfect. I struggle. I always have with patience. You can ask my wife. Thankful for her. That deals with my impatient heart and attitude. One of the things I love about living here, I guess I can say I love it, is God forces me to often learn patience with life here. But what we know is that God's timing, it's so, so good. Never early, not late, right on time. It's us who in our anxiety go, God, I want to move now. God, change this. I don't want to wait. For four months, this burden's upon his heart. To our disciple makers, I look and I say, you know, I've heard people say, you know, I, I don't know who I'm going to invest in. I don't know who to share the gospel with. I, I don't know who I can help grow in their faith. Sometimes it's keep praying, planning and preparing. And in God's timing, he'll make it happen. God has good timing. We opened our service with be still and know that I am God. Yes, we are a people of action, but at times we say, hey, I'm going to pray, plan, and wait for God. Now look, he says this in verse uh, 1. I had not been sad in the presence of the king. You see, to be sad in the presence of kings was a crime. When you came to a king... You'd walk in and you would smile big and you'd say, Oh, king, how are you doing? Glad you're here. And you'd smile big. For four months, this guy has been doing this. And finally, he comes in and no longer can he put on a happy face. He's sad before the king. Remember, this is a king who is violent and cruel. When the river rose, he beat it with a whip, trying to beat the river into submission. He's an irrational king. So being sad in his presence could literally lead to death. So Nehemiah, the king notices. And when the king notices, the king asks him a question. Why are you sad? Do you know what Nehemiah's response is? Fear. Look, it says, I was very much afraid. At the end of verse 2. 
He's afraid. Now, the person who says they've never experienced fear is a person who's in denial. We've all experienced fear in our lives. In fact, we experience fear quite often, and fear is a, a, a powerful emotion. Oh, if, if somebody's coming to attack you, you get afraid and you run. That's what you should do. But then there's fear that requires courage and trust in God. And here, he is very much afraid. Our third P, he's going to see God's good power. When we're afraid, God is all-powerful. He knows all things. He's over all things. In the Great Commission, Jesus says this, All authority, all authority has been given to me. You see, as we go and we seek to make disciples, to win the loss to Jesus, to help them grow in their faith, remember whose power it is. It's not your power. You can't do it in and of your own power. It's the power of Jesus Christ through the Holy Spirit working in you. And he says, all, all authority has been given to me. And here, Nehemiah trusts the power of God as he steps out in faith. Look at what it says in verse 4. In verse 4, he said, King asked what he's requesting. And look at what it says. I prayed to God. And he doesn't just say God, he says the God of heaven. Our fourth P, God's good position. God's good position. He recognizes this. He's afraid. He's scared. He's going to step out and he cries out to God. Remember in chapter 1 he prayed this long eight-verse prayer? Beautiful prayer. Here, this is one of those prayers where you go, God, I've been praying a long time about this. Come through. God, I'm about to speak. Nehemiah did not fall down on his knees and give like a 30-minute prayer. This is one of those silent, quick prayers. God, come through. God, I need you. Cries it out. And he recognizes God is in heaven. What does he remind himself of? God, this is an earthly king. You're over him. So I cry out to you. As you go and make disciples, do not forget God's position. Jesus says he will be with you always as you go to do this. As we step out to make disciples, he's present. He's with us. He gives us power and authority. Look at verse 7. The fifth P. We're going to see God's good preparation. In verse 7. I said to the king, if it pleases the king, let letters be given to me to governors, to the provinces beyond the river. Here's what Nehemiah has been doing for four months. Pray, plan, pray, plan, pray, plan. Getting ready. God, when are you going to open that door? God, when am I going to get to speak? God, you're going to have to do this. And as soon as the king says, what are you requesting? Nehemiah doesn't go, well, uh, I don't know. He goes, here's what I need. Love it. He's been preparing. So our fifth P is preparation. Perhaps you've experienced this. Anybody ever been to uh, a government office here in Ethiopia? I don't know why you laugh. We all consider them a delight. We go there. You walk up to somebody. They look at your paper. They put a stamp on it. Then you take it to somebody else. They put a stamp on it. And then finally you may end up with somebody who looks at you and goes, this isn't done right. Come back next week. 
Or they may say, come back next month, right? We've all experienced that. Now imagine as you go through this process at a government office. You walk up and they're typing on their computer. And they look up at you. You give them the paper and they are ignoring you. Hey, this isn't done right. But then you pull out. You pull out a letter. It's a letter from the prime minister. His stamp's on it, and it says, give them what they want. How do you think that person on that computer is going to respond? Are they going to keep typing away and go, come back next week? No, they're going, how can I help you? What do you need? How quickly can I help you? I'll, I'll give you whatever you need. You have the full authority of the prime minister as you walk in there, right? They're going to give you anything you need. Nehemiah says, King, I want your authority. As I go, give me supplies to build a wall for your enemies. King, as I travel, give me protection. He knows exactly what he needs and he asks for it. He's been preparing. This is a bold ask. King, give me that seal. Put it on the paper. Let me see the king does it. Our final P today. Down at the end of verse 8. I love this verse. Very end of verse 8. We see God's good presence. Look at this. The king granted me what I asked for. The king could have killed him. The king gives him what he asked for. But the verse doesn't stop there. Look at what it says. For the good hand of God was upon me. God's hand was upon Nehemiah. And the king gave him what he asked for because God's hand was upon him. As we step out and we say, hey, I'm going to be faithful. I'm going to seek to follow Jesus' strategy to make disciples. He's with you. He'll never leave you. He'll never forsake you. In the midst of the challenges, in the midst of the hurt, in the midst of the pain of this life, he doesn't say he's going to get rid of it all. But he does say this, I'm with you. I'm not leaving you. I'll be with you in the pain. I'll be with you in the hurt. I'll be with you in the fight. I'll be with you as you walk through this. And as he is, he grows our faith and joy and dependence upon him. So as we step out to make disciples, our mission is to make disciples of all nations. Here at IEC, as we do that, God's good hand is upon us. And it's a joy. Life in this world is not easy. But living it with the Lord is a joy. He's with us. He's present. We can't always see all the things He's up to, but He's at work. His good hand's moving. And as we walk, we walk by faith. Jesus, You've redeemed me. You've saved me by the blood of your Son. You've made me right before you because of your Son. And now I walk in faith, praying and planning, praying and planning. Church, may we be a people who live our life more like Nehemiah. This man who daily laid his life down for something bigger than himself. And church, know this. Until you experience the truth that Jesus said 
that he who loses his life, that's the person who's going to find it. But he who seeks to find it will lose it. Until you experience that truth, you're never going to taste the joy that the Lord has for us. Let's pray. God, I thank you for Nehemiah. There's so much to learn. And Lord, we, we confess that as a people, we often walk in our flesh rather than by the Spirit. We confess that we fail to pray, fail to plan, that we seek to live for ourselves more than we do your glory. And Lord, your word says it's only as we die that we truly find our lives. So Lord, right where you've got us, you call us to be like Nehemiah, to lay our lives down for something bigger, for the glory of our king, the great king, not a king of Persia, but a king over all creation, Jesus Christ. May we find great delight and great joy as we do that. It's in Jesus' name we pray, amen.